Welcome to the Freedom City Church podcast, a podcast designed to help your faith thrive. We hope you enjoy today's message. Right now as a as a people as humans not country by country but as humans we need the glory of God. Someone talked about the glory of God in passing a few weeks ago and I was just like, I need to unpack that. Because I think when we start to understand what the glory of God actually is, we realize it's not an airy-fairy, whimsical thing. I know that maybe in the past you might have heard someone say, give glory to God and everyone claps and stands there and waits for everyone else to stop clapping before they stop clapping. You know, the glory of God is so much more than that. And I'm, someone said to me the other day, if we're talking about heaven on earth, Andrew, we should be excited about heaven on earth. Because the glory of God equates to peace, to wholeness, to restoration redemption, reconciliation. The glory of God is not a whimsical thing. Sometimes what we do, though, is we we do miss it. Sometimes we mix up the glory. You know, because if you look at Exodus 34 to 35, it says, the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because a cloud settled on it. And the glory of the Lord filled it there. And then it says in Romans eleven thirty six, For him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. We've got two different ones here. The glory of God and the glory to God. They've got the glory of God and the glory to God. And the reason why that's an important distinction is because when we talk about the glory of God, we have to recognize the way that we are to react or how we are to react in a situation. Take 10 seconds to think, how, would you, how do you react to me saying, You need to seek the glory of God in the current climate. Because I don't particularly look at everything that's going on and say, glory to you, God. It's hard. What's within you, it's hard. So today what we're going to do is we're going to weave in between the two. We're going to talk and weave in between the two. Because the word glory in English can refer to a wide variety of things. Thanksgiving, uh, Thanksgiving-filled worship, a source of honor, dazzling beauty, a state of joy, or heaven itself. And glory can be used as a verb to mean to rejoice proudly as an interjection expressing surprise. When we run across the word glory in the Bible, though, we need to be a bit more precise. Because there are specific meanings for it. 
And if we go into the, the Greek and the Hebrew, down the bottom left, biblical words, just so you know, biblical words. We have kabod, say kabod. Say doxa, doxa. The word doxology, who's ever heard of the word doxology? Yeah, so that means a hymn of praise. The doxa, glory, a hymn of praise. Hebrew, kabod, has a different meaning though. If we read kabod, it actually is present in the Old Testament 199 times. There's 199 times. And the first meaning of kabod can be translated as weight, strength, power, ability, and also honor, glory, magnificence, dignity, splendor. Weight. Weight. It's a funny one. The weight of glory. I don't, who's heard of that term before? The way of glory. <sighs> Until recently, I didn't know what it meant. You know? But the way of glory. What we have to understand about these words and God's glory, kabod, is it has nothing to do with his actions but has everything to do with who he is his actions are glorious yes but first and foremost kabod is god this is his character this is who he is and we have to look at it from this perspective it's like it's like this whole idea of like if the consequences will define whether or not I glorify God. No. Because God is virtuous. Because God is great. Because he has weight, strength, power, ability. Because of who he is. That is his glory. That is his glory. And so in the situations of what we do and what we see and what's going on in the world right now, we can't decide whether to glorify God or not dependent on what happens. Because that will impact the way that we live, that we pray, that we treat other people. The glory of God is first and foremost to do with who he is. And kapod, glory, also has to do with his presence. You know, particularly the manifestation of God's presence. It says, in, uh, after God led the people of Israel out of Egypt to Sinai, the kapod glory of the Lord resided on the mountain as a consuming fire, including the covering cloud. The consuming fire was the kapod of God, the manifestation of his presence. Only Moses had the great privilege of being there and speaking with the Lord face to face. And God's kabod, his splendor, indicate, indicates his presence in the tabernacle and in sacrificial service and worship. Thus, the Lord promised to come to Israelites during the sacrifice 
and it shall be sanctified by my kabod, my glory, Exodus 29:43. And when Moses set up the tabernacle, God showed his presence in the midst of his people, and the kabod of the Lord filled the tabernacle. So to summarize, the, word for, the Hebrew word for glory is kabod. But let's read. Did I do it? No. Let's read that verse again of whether the glory of God filled the temple. Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle, and Moses was not able to enter the tent of meeting because the cloud settled on it. And the glory, the kabod, the weight, the strength, the power, the ability, the honor, the glory, the magnificence, the dignity, and the splendor of the Lord filled the tabernacle. The glory of God is not just us glorifying to God. That is part of it. Yes, that is part of our response to God's glory. But the glory of God is here. And it manifests itself when we recognize and we attribute honor and praise to Him. Not for what He does, but for who He is. Before we have a reason to say, I don't want to give glory to God, we must realize that God will receive glory regardless if we give it. Because all of creation cries out. You know, it says in the Bible, even if you fail, if you choose not to, even if I won't, you won't cry out and praise, even the rocks will. <laughs> the most inanimate thing ever. We skip them. We walk on them. We use them to create paths and other things, other such things. But like those things know the glory of God. How much more should we know the glory and call out to Him? The glory of God is so complex because it is the beauty of His Spirit. It is not an aesthetic beauty or a material beauty, but it is the beauty that emanates from His character and all that He is. The glory of God refers to what He deserves. We are to glorify Him. That's something we give. So there's a glory of God, and there's glory to God. What's crazy is that we are made in the glory of God, and we can give glory to God. Missio Dei, everything that God has created will return to Him. Everything. Come on. 
everything that God has created, the mission of God, everything that was created will return to Him. And we move into the next word, doxa. And what I want to do is I want us to, I want to lead us to a place because right from the get-go this morning, I just felt there was a heaviness, there was a weight. I, I said it to Dave. I was like, do you just feel something, man? And, and I want us to not be afraid of that space. If you're at home watching online, do not be afraid of that space. It is important. It sounds charismatic and weird and whatnot, but it is so central to our faith. Doxa says in John 17, 5, what Jesus prays, Father, glorify me in the presence, in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. So Jesus had a glory with the Father before the world began. Again, the Son had a glory with the Father. What does that mean? Does it mean receiving worship? No, because people weren't around then. Having a source of honor, of fame, possessing resplendent beauty, living in a joyful state, existing in heaven, or none of the above. It's none of the above. Let me explain. The Greek word translated glory in Jesus' prayer is doxa, from the verb form doxazo. It is also used in the same sentence. And the root of the word, like I was saying, is doxology. Get this. Doxa has to do with someone's estimation or their assessment. My estimation or my assessment of God. The word is used only positively in the New Testament, so the estimation is always good and honorable. So doxa literally means what evokes oh, no, not there. What evokes good opinion that something has inherent and intrinsic worth. So when the Bible speaks of God's glory, it means that God has inherent, infinite, intrinsic worth. Inherent, central to who He is. Infinite, everlasting, intrinsic worth. My assessment or estimation of God is the glory that I give to Him. His character and essence are worthy of the highest esteem. God is glorious in that His very being is of infinite significance. Nothing about God is trivial. You know, and I don't know if you're connecting to this. I don't know if this is something that you're like, oh, that's nice. And we sing songs and we say, you're amazing, God. Then we walk away and say, well, God, why didn't you help me there? God, why do you do this? Are you actually that good? Have you had KFC? You know, it's like we've got all these things and we're like, 
God, are you you actually that good? Inherently, like the depth of your being, in your gut, in your stomach, do you feel like, God, wow, you are of infinite, intrinsic, inherent worth. Because that is God's glory. And if we struggle with that, that's okay, because we can always discover more of His glory because it is infinite, everlasting, amazing, doesn't end. So to glorify God is to properly recognize His value and ascribe importance to Him. Our assessment is that God has weight. So all things are insubstantial by comparison. God has weight. You know when you say that has weight to it? Oh, that person has weight. Like not in the the mass sense, but in the sense of they carry substance to them. What that person says has weight. What that person says will stand the test of time. What that person says is weighty. That felt weighty. The weight God has shows that He is greater in magnitude, wisdom, authority, power, grandeur, and desirability. And He earns our good opinion of Him. Take a moment. I want you to take a moment. I want you to think. What do I actually think of God? What is my actual opinion of Him? If someone was to say, tell me about God, what do you, what do you think about God? What would you say? Would you give Him glory? Would you say, um, you know, I'm just struggling to talk to God at the moment? Or he's, I don't really feel him. Or would you say that he, before I even look at what he's done or the consequences or anything of this, before I'm going to say that he is glorious. That is how we ascribe glory and importance to God. So Jesus talks about the glory with the Father before the creation of the world. And this is Jesus' claim to deity and eternality. If the Father glorifies the Son, then the the Father expresses the opinion of Christ is that he is intrinsically worth of honor and praise. The fact that the Lord Jesus had glory before the world began means that his inherent worth is eternal. Jesus, by nature, possesses the quality of infinite value. Do you realize that we glorify Jesus because he died on the cross? And I would say for a lot of us, if Jesus didn't actually die on the cross, would we actually glorify him the same? That's a tough question. Would we actually glorify the son if he hadn't died on the cross? Because that's a consequence that we see something good come out of. So we say, great, because you've done that, I will glorify you. But will we glorify him in the midst of heartache? 
Will we glorify Him in the midst of the unknown, in the midst of suffering? Because if we do, I tell you that something changes. I was talking about the weight of glory before. And 2 Corinthians 4, verses 16 to 18, it says, Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us for a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The Hebrew word... Like I was saying, kabod, one of the meanings is weight. Another um, extrapolation of that is heaviness. There's a heaviness to the glory of God. But in the, man, in the hands of humanity, kabod becomes negative. The word kabod used by an Egyptian pharaoh, was in reference to heavy burdens placed on the back of a slave. The book of Proverbs used the word kabod, drawing a similarity between the heaviness of stones and the heaviness of a fool's wrath. Job uses the word in reference to the heaviness of his suffering, stating that it is heavier than the sand of the sea. In the hands of man, the weight of glory, kabod, becomes burdensome. The heaviness of the world, the pains of war, suffering. But when we ascribe kabod to God, when we ascribe glory and the weight of glory to God and say the glory is yours before there is an outcome the glory is yours before I decide whether or not I feel like it. The glory of your, is yours, God, because of who you are, not because of outcomes, not because of things that have gone wrong, not because of how I feel. When we ascribe glory to God, what was once burdensome is that picture of light burdens. The yoke is easy, the burden is light. So what we have is God's eternal goodness. The glory of God for eternity is inherent goodness and splendor that makes all insubstantial by comparison. Paul talks about, you know, even though there is a light affliction, which is before, for a moment, what he's doing is making a comparison to what's happening right now versus the weight of glory that we will have for eternity. Yes, the affliction right now is bad. But in the light of eternity, the weight of glory makes the light affliction insubstantial by comparison. So when we're experiencing God's glory, we're seeking to know eternity. What is the weight of eternity? What is the weight of glory that we'll experience in His presence? And it's tough. 
when your circumstances are tough, you just feel like, why? I'll just give up. When your circumstances overwhelm you, you just feel like, well, God isn't who He is. I remember talking to a young guy years ago, and I said to him, hey, man, Neil, why, don't, why aren't you coming to church anymore? And he just said, it's like, yeah, I don't believe in God anymore because I don't believe He's an interventionalist because when I needed Him, He didn't do anything. When there was a situation I was in, He didn't do anything. The thing is, some of the situations that we get ourselves in are of our own doing. And God can save you or help you from different situations. But what God's going to always do is going to help you and lead you through any valley that you walk through. He might not fix the situation that you have, but He'll grow you and He'll lead you and He'll never forsake you. This guy struggled because he thought, I've got myself in this really bad situation and God didn't get me out of it, didn't bail me out. So I I faced the consequences of it. So he stopped ascribing glory to God. God's not glorious because he didn't do what I thought he would do when I wanted him to. Whereas if we step back and look at the glory of God, the glory of God happened before we were born. The glory of God existed before we made a mistake. The glory of God is more eternal than we, we will ever be. So therefore, let us recognize in the midst of war, in the midst of suffering, in the midst of restrictions, let us recognize that the glory of God is not shaken. Come on. The glory of God is not shaken. It is not worried. It is not overwhelmed. The glory of God, His character, His essence, who He is, is not broken. He's not kneecapped. He's not struggling. But what happens when we take the kabad, the burdens, the weight, and we say, all right, God, I'm not going to give it to you because you're not doing what I thought you'd do. We start to put it upon our own shoulders. Then it becomes burdensome. But when we take the kabad, so the kabad, and we say, God, in the midst of the trials, come on. In the midst of the hardships, glory to you. Glory to your name. In the midst of your financial troubles, glory to your name. In the midst of your physical health, glory to your name. In the midst of your relationship breakdown, glory to your name. In the midst of the heaviness of the world, the war, struggles, the loss. Glory to your name. God can handle the burden. We can't. So let's give glory to God. With every eye closed, let's give glory to God. with hope in our hearts with an expectation
God will do something. And even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, he is still glorious. Can I encourage you? Let's take, let's take God's glory and separate it from our situations. Let's take God's glory and separate it from our heart, heartache, hardship, and brokenness. And then can we say, is God glorious? Is he deserving of my praise? He is. He was. He always will be. And even if you don't, even if you don't, the rocks are going to do the job for you. So next time you see a rock, why don't you join in with that rock and glorify God? Every eye closed, every heart abandoned, everyone ready. Just start ascribing glory to his name. God, you are good. God, you are glorious. Even though I might not feel it, you are still glorious. Even though the situation, the circumstances didn't pan out the way I thought it would, you are still glorious. Even though I am struggling, I am overwhelmed right now. The kabad is yours. The weight is yours. Even though I don't want to, I will. Come on. Even though I don't want to, I will. Even though I don't want to, I will. God, you are glorious. that that's it you deserve the honor the power the glory forever and ever amen one thing though is that the the tabernacle is that became the temple and the temple is now us when the Holy Spirit dwells within us. So the glory of the Lord dwells in us. Because the Lord filled that tabernacle. I feel, I saw a picture. I feel like it's almost like there was just a door over the door over the entrance of the tabernacle and it feels like there are some people here that are choosing to put their hand there because they can't glorify God right now because there are some situations and outcomes that don't line up with that I'm going to give you a moment to hold that space. And if that's you, 
pray a prayer to God. Say, God, you've filled me. Now I want the glory to overflow out of me. I want to point to people to you. I want to ascribe glory and greatness to you. I want you to be glorified in my life. I want to be someone who people look at and say, they glorify God. The glory of God. Father God, we glorify your name. We choose to glorify you in the midst of every conflict, every hardship. And we say that you are glorious, not because we say you are, but because you are. So God, we come into alignment with who you are and we ascribe greatness to your name. We choose not to carry the burdens of the weight, but we choose to ascribe that weight to you, God. And say that what you do, who you are, your being, your character, your essence carries weight. In Jesus' name, we all say, Amen. Amen. I hope you were impacted by that word. I hope you've learned something today about the glory of God. Um, my encouragement to you is to read, learn, study, and practice giving glory to God. Because He is glorious whether we do it or not. But when we give glory to God, we lift the burdens off of our own shoulders. We hold it up to God because He carries the weight of glory because He is perfect. He is not insecure. He is not broken. Whatever situation in your life, practice that. All right, guys, I love you. You're amazing. I know that this, if this is a heavy message for you or you're feeling something, please talk to someone you trust. I'm more than, I hope that you trust me so you can talk to me. If not, find someone you can trust, grab a coffee, hang around. Um, yeah, we'll just stay in this space though. I'm not going to rush anyone out of this space at all, all right? Love you all. Thanks for tuning in to the Freedom City Podcast. If there is any way that we can help you survive and thrive in your everyday life, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd want to know more about who we are, just head to www.freedomcityfremantle.com. Until next time, take care.